Yes, people, it is day 11, which means it's the penultimate, penultimate day of the 65th BFI London Field Festival. So we have two, uh, we got one documentary and one film for you, both very different, both very interesting. So, uh, people. Okay, people, so let's start off with a surfing documentary right away. Yo, so I decided to check out Ride the Ride the Wave, right? It's um a, a little indie film about surfing. Yeah. Without surfing. So this is uh, written and directed by Martin Robertson. Um, he produces with Louise Story, right? And uh, yeah, it's about Ben Lang, right? So we follow Ben, his dad, um, Marty. I think his dad's Marty, right? And his mum's Iona. Um, he's got two sisters believe one's Kate I forget the name of the other yeah forget the name but anyway so yeah that's our that's our crew right and we follow those so um th this is the film right so uh this is what it says on the BFI website if you're different it ruffles people's feathers right that's from his dad uh, Martin Robinson's documentary begins when Ben is a talented 12-year-old surfer who travels to compete in European and World Championships. Back at home, his parents have taken him out of school due to his experiences of violent bullying. Despite the knocks, Ben is carving a fearless future with his board. The dramatic coasts of Scotland and Ireland boast awesome waves and an equally wild community who risk their lives big wave surfing. The thrill is 100% pure adrenaline, and Ben wants in. So, um, yeah, that's the thing. So we open up, and we're told that Ben is the, um, the, the number one under eight. Ooh. The under 18 or under 15 surfer in Scotland, right? And it, believe it or not, yeah, Scotland, good waves, good waves. I've never surfed Scotland. I've surfed in Wales and Cornwall, but yeah, never Scotland. But I have heard good waves. But yeah, it's a bit of a mission to get to. <laughs> so yeah, no, that's always been the issue around that. But yeah, we're told Ben is, you know, great. We see some footage of him surfing. And then we find out that he is off to um, the, the World Championships in Japan. So we see him go there. Now, one, one thing about it, right? They're meant to bring sand. Sand from your beach where you surf. 
because it's I don't know it's some goofy thing where then they you pour the sand into a, a container right they at the beginning of the festival they call every every country up and they pour the sand in the bowl and it's meant to bring everyone together through the sand blah 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 I mean sand isn't light right so having to bring this on a plane that's like ugh. but yeah that's the thing um now. They forget their sand. <laughs> so <laughs> you're just like, wait, how the fuck did you forget? Like, what are you doing, people? All right, but yeah, we, we see them at this World Championships. And I just thought the interesting thing was, well, it is just a couple of things, right? Because now you, you hear Ben talk about it and his thoughts about competing and all of that. And it does sound very pragmatic for a, a young kid, you know. He's just like, well, you know, I'm here just to do my thing. I don't think I can ever win it. But, you know, I'm just, just going to try and see and blah, blah, blah. And you're like, all right, that, you're in, that's pragmatic, right? But then also, you kind of feel, like, are you underselling yourself? Like, do you believe in yourself? And I think in this first competition, we, we see him, and you do wonder what's going on, right? Because I think he's he's not really listening properly and all of this. And, like, there's a, 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 a young girl who's with his dad on the beach, and she's you know, giving his dad advice on what Ben should be doing and the pro mistakes he's making. And then there's certain things where, and she's just, because, you know, you have a window to do your your stuff. And Ben, like, misses his window. And she's like, doesn't he, why isn't he looking at the, what, at the, at the, you know, the, the screen, to which tells you all of this. And he's like, yeah, he doesn't do that. And he's like, why doesn't he look at his own watch? You just set, you know, you set the time and you do it. He's like, oh, he doesn't have a watch. And she's like, wait, why doesn't he have a fucking watch? Right? And so I think when, when we first see it, you, you are a bit miffed, right? You are a bit miffed at what is he actually doing? doing you know what i mean like w does he want to do this like what, what what's the real deal here because he, he was not prepared like he doesn't go to japan prepared which is insane i mean his dad even says like you know you should be prepared like what, what's going on you don't seem focused because it's just like he's he's oh, I love competing and I love to do, but it's just like why aren't you prepped then? You know, that's a weird thing. And there's a few different there are weird things in here, right? Like they talk about you know find trying to find the money to be able to go and do all of these things, right? To go on to these different tournaments and all of this. And other trips. But, I mean, surfing isn't cheap. I mean, you know, to go and hit the water, that, you know, that's free. But a board, a good surf board costs money, man. 
a good surfboard costs money. And then you've got the wetsuit, right? Wetsuits aren't cheap. I bought my first wetsuit. I bought a secondhand wetsuit, right? Because, yeah, I didn't have the money. And I think where I was going, you could rent the wetsuit and all of that. But it's just like hey, every time you're renting and it's just, yeah, it's costed. So you think, all right, I'll buy one. You know, the second one I bought was a brand new one. But, you know, first time out, right? But even it was a brand new suit, but it wasn't a high, high, high end one, right? There was ones that are, um, you know, better for certain water and all this and will keep you drier, right? Then, you know, he's wearing a hat. You got your hat, your gloves, your boots, all of this kind of stuff. Yeah, it's just all expensive. And especially when you think, you know, we see him as a 12-year-old, right? It ends with him being 14. And he definitely has grown. Right. And so at that age, you are growing so quickly. So it's just like, yeah, he, he's probably going through a few kind of wetsuits, man. So yeah, there's definitely a money component. And if he's number one in Scotland of his age group, you do kind of think like you could have got you should get sponsorship. Now, like Yes, it's not going to be a Nike sponsorship, but if you approach enough organizations, someone is going to sponsor you, right? But, yeah, there's all these things that just not getting done, and it, it was a bit odd. Like, you wonder why. Uh, but, you know, this it sh does show you this evolution, right? So he goes there, he then goes to... Um, Portugal for the European Championships. So we see him attempting to do his thing there. Um, when he's there, he kind of says he likes doing the championships because he gets to go to different places to surf, right? Which, yeah, you know, I see that. But then, yeah, it, I don't know. This first to win seemed a bit off. Which was odd, right? Because he says he likes to win, he likes to compete, all of this, but then it's not always reflected in what he's doing. Uh, but you know, I, I think the real big thing with this is we're learning about Ben, right? We're learning about Ben and the family dynamic and everything like that. So he's homeschooled because he was getting bullied a lot. We don't actually know why, right? You don't know why, because there's nothing that stands out about Ben. You know what I mean? There's, you know, a lot, a lot of times people are bullied because they look different, you know, speak different, right? But there's nothing that you go, oh, yeah, poor kid, he's getting bullied because of that. People are ourselves. No, there's nothing. But and it's never really elaborated on, right? Why? But he's pulled out of school because of this, which I understand. I do get, you know. But yeah, it, it, it's a bit like, ah, is that the best for him? You know, he does make some comment in the film, which you're just like, wait, what? You know, he's dead asking him about a girl, and he's just like, ah, I mean, it'd be a bit embarrassing dating a girl who's a better surfer than you. 
And his dad says the right thing to him, but it, and he's like, oh, no, no, I, I didn't mean. And you're like, well, you did <laughs> like, because you said it. Right. So obviously you meant it. So it, it's just you do wonder, um, you know, is the homeschooling like separating in too much from those interactions, which, you know, are definitely vital at that young age. But I think we do see this first for challenge go in the direction of the big waves, right? So we get to see that. Now, we do see a bit more prep this time, which is interesting. Um, we don't really see technique prep or talk, though, which I, I did find a shame because I, I would have found that fascinating, you know, the, the, what he does to prepare. We see him riding a bike and stuff like that, but nothing else really. You know, so you're thinking like weight training or, you know, yoga, just different things to keep you flexible, supple, to, you know, improve your ability to do this thing, right? Which, yeah, I would have loved to have seen that broken down and talked about, right? We, we hold that he does actually have a coach. Right? I think his dad started off coaching him, but then um through the you know over the course of this documentary he gets an actual coach coach we don't actually meet the coach or hear from the coach which yeah i, I again it's a bit of a shame right I, I i would have liked to have heard from him you know find things out but yeah it's it is interesting because i think we do see like these different looks here, right? We see these different looks. You you see the love of the family, even these sisters, right? You know, trying to help him and all of this. So we see all of that. Um, and then th this challenge, right? This challenge at the end, which you kind of figured was going to go the way it went, right? Even when, you know, you think, oh, it's not. Like, you're like, okay, okay. Because, yeah. <laughs> I don't think it really would have got a mention if it didn't, right? If it didn't go a certain way. But uh, it's, it's interesting. I think as, if you surf, you will probably take more out of it than if you don't, right? Although, yeah, I, although I think it's interesting, I'm not sure if it gives enough information for a non-surfer to really embrace it. I think the human component of it, you will, like most people will find interesting. But I've, I really would have liked um, a, a kind of a deeper dive into the technicalities of the surf. You know, because I know there's certain things that I was doing right, um, the difficulties I had with surfing, so it would have been interesting to find, oh, okay, so this is what you're doing, ah, oh, this is your approach to it all, but, um, yeah, you know, it's not bad, it's interesting, we see the, over the course of this, uh, you know, 
these two years, three years it took to make it, right? We, we do notice his balls have dropped come the end. <laughs> he, he's, he's starting off with a higher pitch. And uh, yeah, his voice does change over the course. And it does look like he's got taller, right? Has the, uh, you know, the bum fluff on his, on his upper lip. <laughs> There's one point where someone's like, I can't believe you got a moustache. And you're like, eh, I'm not sure if I'd call it a moustache. But uh, <laughs> it is, it's, yeah, it's interesting. Um, and you do see, you know, the, the, these parents that love him and are trying to do as much as they can to make his dreams possible. So, you know. That's always, you know, it's a sweet thing, right? Yeah, yeah, it's something it's very nice to see. So, um, Ride the Wave, right, is also, you you can watch it tomorrow on our last day of the festival, right? Sunday the 17th, it's playing midday 12.30 at the Curzon Soho, right? Screen free. Very lovely screen. Very lovely screen. Um, so, yeah, people, looks like as of right now, there are still tickets available. So, uh, yeah, if you're into the great outdoors, if you like a little surfing, you know, if you thought about, you know, going to Ireland, right? And, um, oh, what do they call it? Ugh, the uh, Mol Molag. Mal Malagang Homo. Oh, I think I butchered that. But um, yeah. Malag Malag Malagmo Malagmo. Yeah, let's go with that, right? It, yeah, if you've ever thought about you know trying your hand at that, then yeah, I think you might find this very compelling. Okay, so um. Ride the wave, people. Yeah, there you go. Check. Okay, people. So right about now, we got some revenge on the cards. All right. So let's get it going with ball. People. So. You know, what, sometimes a film's title doesn't give too much away, right? So we have Bull. Bull. Now, what do you think of when you hear Bull? Now, we've had a film in the past about Bull riding. You know, makes sense. Right? And especially with the spelling, the spelling B-U-L-L, right? There's a, otherwise, you might think it's about football, you know, something like that. Maybe even a documentary on the making of a bull, right? Either versions. But no, this, this ain't that. This ain't that. And I tell you people that when you watch it, poof, yeah, you, you, you need to, uh, Hey, you need to be able to cope with a lot. <laughs> no squeamish people for this one, please. So, Bull is the new film from Paul Andrew Williams. Okay. It is uh, 
he he wrote it as well, by the way. You know, he wrote and directed, which is always, you know what I mean? It's always a good look, you know? I think it, it helps a lot of the time keep, you know, keep your vision true. But you need to know how to do both. Well, not everyone can pull it off, right? But, hey, gotta say, right, Williams, I think he managed to. It's produced by um, Lenora Darby, Sarah Gabriel, Mark Goldberg, Mark Lane, and Dominic Taig. Music is from Rafferty. Uh, cinematography is Ben Chads and Vanessa White. It is edited by James Taylor. Um, production design, George Seiborn. Costume design, Olivia Crook. Makeup, Rachel McDonald. You know, um, there are a lot of other talented people working on this, people. Um, now, our, our cast, right? Our, our cast is, well, Neil Maskell is Bull, right? Now, so... Yeah, as saying, in this case, Bull is an enforcer, right? I'm taking its the nickname. <laughs> His parents didn't christen him Bull. But yes, no, no that, that's our uh, main character. Okay, so he has a, a wife called Gemma. She is played by Lo Lois Brabin. Platt, Lois Braben Platt. They have a son called Aiden, played by Henry Childs. Um, yeah, Bull's father-in-law is Norm, played by David Heyman. Uh, there's Diane, who's played by Laura McAlpine. Uh, then we have the squad. Right, so Gary, he's played by Kevin Harvey. We have um, ooh, Mike, he's played by Aja Chibra. Um, we have Marco, played by Jason Milligan. Ollie, who is played by Yazin Michenchen. Uh, Cheryl, who's played by Kelly Shirley. Um, there's Sharon, played by Tasmin Alfway. Beardy, who is uh, played by David Nealist. Um, Dave, who's played by Jay Simpson. Oh, you feel bad for Jay, <laughs> for Dave. <laughs> I mean, kind of, kind of, not really. Uh, Trendy, played by Jake Davis. Oh, and we shouldn't forget Colin, um, who's played by Mark Springer. So, um, yeah, they're, they're our main players. There's a few others, but they're our main players. So, uh, the, the, the gist of the film, right? The gist of the film is, it's a little bit crazy. It's a little bit crazy, but... <laughs> So, Bull, a former gang enforcer, returns to his former hood on a mission to find his son. 
Bull is a man possessed and no wonder. His ex-wife is a two-timing junkie. I think Bull would use a harsher word to describe her. But yeah, two-timing junkie. And his father-in-law, Norm, a psychopath and gang boss whose firm has done Bull some serious wrongs. But Bull has a dark secret of his own, teased out throughout the film. Ooh, people, people, people. Now, it starts off, right? It starts off so it's nighttime. It is night. And we just see some guys digging a grave. Well, I say a grave. We just see people digging. I think you make the assumption that it must be. Because who's digging at that time of night if it isn't something shysty, you know? And especially three guys in the night, no torches, right? It, it might be, yeah, it may have been a work gig. But if it was a work gig, there'd be lights, there'd be safety jackets, there'd be all of this stuff. We don't see any of it. Don't see any of it. So you can only think, yo, something bad is here. Something bad is here, right? So, yes, we see these three guys build, digging this thing. And there's smoke, right? Smoke coming out of this hole as they walk off. They walk off and you're like, yo, what, what's happening here? What the fuck is happening here? So that's our opening. We we then jump and we got a, a, a guy in a car. Guy gets in a car with another guy and they're talking about something they, they need to do. Something they need to do is like gun. There's a gun, bullets in the gun. And they pull up to a garage, he walks out, and it, nothing's discreet here. <laughs> Ain't discreet. Just shoots a dude. The guy in the car's like, what the fuck? He walks past, drops the gun in the car window, and then walks off. And you're like, okay, this film ain't pulling any punches. Nothing. It's coming at you hardcore. Right? So this goes down, right, people? Now, um, so we have all of this. And... Yeah, as the film unrolls, right, we're, we're seeing current shit, we're seeing flashbacks to the past, we're seeing these memories that are coming up to um, certain of our characters. It isn't, um, it's not, you know, it, 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 it's not a completely linear thing. Right, but I feel the jumping, it all makes sense, right? I, I didn't find a point in here where I was like, wait, uh, if that happened, doesn't that mean, or wait, oh, I thought that person was, I'm confused. No, 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 no. It's all very clear as this plays out. So we, we have um, then, you know, we're, we're in a house at night. And there's a, a woman calling for a husband. We pan and we see a guy in a seat, right? In a seat. And 
as, as we look, we suddenly see that, yeah, there's tape round his head, round his body. Wife comes down, screams. And as the camera pulls out, we, we see Bull sitting in a chair. And you're like, oh, <laughs> I don't think this is good. I don't think this is good. And what and then what goes down? Whew. Oh my gosh, people, people, no squeamish people. Now, I when I say no squeamish, I wouldn't say that this scene is necessarily super bloody, but it, it it's the significance of what goes down, right? And I think sometimes you without the need of blood, you just see this sinister thing, and it's just like Oh, fuck. <laughs> Boy, I don't want to be in that situation, man. <laughs> I don't want to be there. You know what I mean? So, yeah. So, so we see all of this. And now, um, yeah, we're with Norm, right? Because this is one of Norm. I think it's Norm's daughter. One of his daughters. And, it, yeah, so it's just like, yo, what the fuck? What the fuck? Right. Well, no. Sorry, we go with Gary first, right? Well, with Gary, this guy who gets a phone call, it's like, oh, you need to go and tell them what went down. So he has to go and say, listen, Ollie's been killed, and so was Cheryl. <laughs> you know. So everyone is now on edge. Everyone's on edge. No one knows what is happening. You know, people in this mobster business are suddenly coming into trouble, right? Now, it's one of them things, right? It's not a safe life, necessarily. Not a safe life. But I, I, I think there's definitely times when you probably think everything is golden, you know, we haven't pissed off anyone. We haven't done anything crazy. So why is our people's dying, man? Why is our people's getting into trouble? And everything that happens, it does seem to, it kind of makes sense, right? And, and you're following the flow of all of this, right? The information that is there and all of that. You're like, okay, yeah, 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 yeah. I buy this, this window in which we're seeing. So we, we see them scrambling, trying to get info. And as we are watching this, we then start with these flashbacks, right? We, we see these flashbacks of all these things that have happened. Um, there is this really good kind of barbecue scene, which in, it kind of uses slow motion in parts. That's the first time we see it. And there's other times in film where they utilize this kind of slow motion. I guess there's probably a more technical uh, term for what they're doing. Time dilation. No, that's more sci-fi, right? That's that's not a technical thing. <laughs> but yeah, we're seeing all of this. And, and it's just that it makes the scene real interesting. Because I'm like, like people at a barbecue just standing around, tossing burgers, talking, drinking beer, whatnot. Not super exciting necessarily, but you throw this element and you're like, okay, okay, you know, and, and we when we see all everything like that, and straight from this scene, it does so a seed of what maybe went down, right? 
what maybe went down. There's infidelity thrown around. There's denials, right? But you also see that Norm will do anything for his kid. You know what I mean? So, yeah, that, that's one of our first big flashbacks, right? We get a flashback to a slaughterhouse. And, boy, boy, oh, boy. If someone asks for something, sometimes the best thing to do is, like, yeah, okay. <laughs> and then try and work out maybe a way out, right? But if, if you know the capability of someone, right, the, the lengths they are willing to go, say yeah. Always say yeah. <laughs> I mean, <coughs> oh, my God. Allergies, people. I but yeah, so we, we have all of this go down, right? And, you know, it, it, it's really adding to the film because we are then just, you know, we're seeing all of this, right? We see the tension, then we're seeing these other moments of them working together and everything being a thing. So you're just, you're thinking to yourself, all right, how, how does it get? to a place where everything has just gone nuts, right? How does it get to that? What was the thing? And so we, we, you know, we see some other stuff that you're like, oh, okay. <laughs> Ooh, <laughs> that's not good. That's definitely not good, right? And uh, yeah, as, you know, more and more happen, right? We... we start to tick off people that were in a certain spot at a certain time that happens as you would imagine right as you would imagine but i i think it is really man there's a grit to it right there's a nastiness but it is all seeped in reality right nothing is just that could never happen, right? Nothing is in a place where it's just too over the top or too ridiculous, too far-fetched. Everything you believe, okay, yes, someone would come to that or you could convince someone to do that because of this. You know, so you are with it. And I think when you think of recent British gangster films, you know, there was Red Rage, there's Original Gangster, which we talked about here, Nemesis. I, like, none of those really quite cut it, you know? I mean, one of the last really great British gangster films was Silent Night, right? I, yeah, I, I, I feel there was maybe one more that was we really enjoyed on the podcast, but I can't. Man, you know my memory stinks, people. But, um, yeah, I think uh, Silent Night may have been the last really good one. But I feel Ball now jumps into that conversation because, god damn it, god damn it, Williams has really come with this hard-boiled, crazy revenge-filled, with a little extra sprinkled in there, gangster flick, you know, 
showing this underbelly of, uh, yeah, th th this culture that's not great. You know, because I think we see, like, people see things like um, Goodfellas and uh, Scarface and The Godfather, which does show a, a jolly side to it. Yes, you know, it does go wrong <laughs> in all of their films, but we see the great side of it, which seems to attract a lot of people for some reason, or even no. But, uh, you know, it ain't really that, right? And I think it's things like bull that really make you go, yeah, it's not, like, it, it just will never go right. It will never go right. And eventually your time will come, for sure. But all of this, like, uh, yeah, happens. There is a fantastic shot of, um, you know, slow motion with a, sh with a gun blast. That is just like, oh, that's nice, man. That, that's, that's a nice little shot right there. So it is really interesting. You, you are there all the way through. And as more and more things happen, because you think sometimes you think, yo, that was a little harsh. Then you see a flashback and you're like, motherfucker, I had that coming. Damn! <laughs> you know, so yeah, no, I'm I was with this. I was with it, man. And the ending, right? Because here's a thing: throughout the film, there is a fear attached. There is a fear attached, which you could be like, all right, is that fear on reputation alone, right? Now, at the end, it all becomes a little clear. It all becomes a little clear. Also, like, some of the things he's saying while doing these things, you know what I mean? And you're just like, oh, okay. Okay. Oh, shit. And for you, you do then think, how? <laughs> how the fuck did that happen? How did that happen? It gets and it, it really then makes this end scene you know in a certain spot even more like oh that's why oh shit because yeah it, it's uh super crazy and right and with this thing that we find out at the very end you're just like, I think if they had done it another way, it, it might have taken away from the stuff that we have seen. So it's dropped on you at the, just the right moment for you to be like, fuck. And, and still be like fully down with this film. So people, bull, bull. It is definitely one to watch, right? So listen. It, it you might not have got to see it today um, at the Prince Charles, but it is screening tomorrow, Sunday the 17th, the last day of the festival at 5.45. It's quarter to six in the afternoon, people. So it's at the Odeon Lux in the West, in the West End, Leicester Square, right? Now, it is showing that it's sold out, but as I always say, Returns. 
right? People will return tickets. So definitely check and see because this is a good film. It's a good film. If you can't get a ticket, you know, if all goes crazy, you can't get a ticket, never fear because you won't have too much longer to wait because it is hitting cinemas on the 5th of November, right? Friday, the 5th of November, people. So, uh, yes, there you have it. A new entry in the British gangster uh, lexicon. And this one, <laughs> yeah, is a bit like a bull in a china shop. <laughs> so, yes, people, go get you some bull. B-U-L-L bull. Not B-A-L bull. No, 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 no. Bull. Yes, people. So we have come to the end of another episode, people. It is what it is. But, yo, Ride the Wave, right? Documentary, which, uh, gosh, I, I believe that's, uh, no, we don't have a release date for that one. But Bull will be hitting the cinema. And people, if you do like your revenge gangster flicks, Yo, I think you might want to check that one out. But yeah, hit the episode notes for all that information, all your links. Follow the BFI. Get as much as you can can out of this last day. All right. Well, tomorrow. You know what I mean? But people, yes. Until then, enjoy the content. Go back, check out the other films. Check out echo chamber as normal and all the other things echoes from the void we've got the uh, we've got chin check which will be back soon you know what i mean so much people so do that we'll see you tomorrow Peace.